so much for joining me, um, Andrew. I just wanted to talk to you a bit about the Qatar World Cup before we get into the podcast proper, because um, mm. I, I, we we did record some some interesting discussion about it that we unfortunately lost. Um, yeah. I can't believe I'm asking this question ahead of a World Cup. Mm. Are you going to watch it? I still don't know. I I said I said um, when we we did our first chat that uh, I didn't know. It's been a few days. I still don't know. It's um. But I'm very just not excited by it at all, and like I think I I'm, I'm more of a club man anyway. I kind of get swept up by World Cup Euros when it comes round, and um, there is no fever. We are um, ironically in a post-COVID age, fever-free. There is <laughs> no, no excitement, and I'm not even I'm not sure I'm bothered about watching it at all. Uh, obviously, the human rights and the uh, LGBT treatment does factor into how I feel about it. I also think that factors into wider why there's no fever at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know if I just I just don't think I care. I, uh... it's, it is a weird one, particularly the World Cup fever element. Mm. I I just think media outlets are absolutely terrified to mention Qatar. I think mm. they do, they don't want to mention. It's 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 very much. And I suppose they can't really help it. There's no, it's, it's not them at blame here, because someone has to show it. I mean, the real blame is at FIFA's door, isn't it? It shouldn't be yeah. on anyone else to make a moral stance, really. And I know mm. that friends of mine are boycotting it and aren't watching it on moral stances. And I was a bit t- sort of torn in that regard because I wasn't sure whether I should not watch it because mm. I'm a gay man. But then it sort of felt a bit like Qatar was stealing the world cup from me mm-hmm. and and i feel it's one of my favorite sporting events the world cup so it just felt a bit like they were stealing so so on a point of principle i thought i'll go the other direction and watch it and do coverage on it yeah to sort of show more to focus on the football side of things obviously to t- talk about the human rights issues but the football side of things how do you think sort of straight pundits are handling and also athletes are handling the World Cup in Qatar so far? Um, I mean, from an English point of view, um, not very well. I don't think they've, they've um, they're kind of, they don't know what to do. They're very, very kind of sort of panicked vibe. As you say, I think people are very scared to mention it. And I know like, oh, they, they flew out on a plane that's called the Rainbow. I'm like, what do you fucking do? Right? Who cares? Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like, then I, it's they're not activists; they're footballers, um, and I don't know whether it should be on them to. Um, I don't know. They're, they're not doing a very good job of it at the moment. They're kind of just scared and bumbling out excuses, like Gary Neville on um, "Have I Got News for You," being like, "Oh well, I can expose the stuff whilst I'm out there," and that Ian is not very rightly says like well, you can't you know when you're there commentating you've got a job to do and you, you it'll be really weird if you kept bringing up um human rights abuses in the middle of commentary and it wouldn't actually do that much good it would be you just get a lot of people sounding off about how annoyed they are about hearing about it they'd be angry more at lgbt activists than they are at Qatar, which is a very common thing that happens when any and it, when there's any, ever, ever sort of any um, inconvenient backlash about something. Everyone's more annoyed about the the correct cause. Um, I say correct. I, I assume that we all think that is morally morally correct. But um, yeah, the people get more annoyed about the cause than the actual um, problems that have caused the cause. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. They're, they're not handling it very well at the moment. Uh, I think that's uh, another reason why the fever's not there. Like nobody's able to 
build excitement because they're all kind of stumbling to make sure that they seem morally correct but also they don't know how to seem morally correct because they don't know what yeah it's all a mess it's just such a fucking mess it is a mess i mean i've, I've a couple of friends have gone out there already mm-hmm. and the living conditions there in terms of what so he's gone out to sort of help with some press side of things the pictures he sent through it's an absolute shambles mm-hmm. Is there an argument also, just on the note of exposure, mm-hmm. I would say that apart from when Newcastle took over, well, the takeover of Newcastle, um, the Saudi Arabian takeover, mm-hmm. this is the most I've heard about LGBTQ plus issues in, in locations where it's illegal in a long time. Yeah, Because if you look at Malaysia and countries like that, where it's illegal to be gay there, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's punishable by the death penalty there. I think that's the other bit that makes it so unpalatable in Qatar is just the extremity of the of the of the penalty. Mm. But we are hearing about that a lot. So mm. are the media are the media actually doing their job on that, or is is it still going to is there still that unease? Because I don't know the answer to this question. Because I think it's kind of from my perspective, it's kind of doing both. We are hearing more about the human rights records, but we aren't. There's nothing is going to happen because of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on the media, to be honest. I think that's been uh, maybe social media, for sure. Um, like people at Joe Lysit doing big kind of videos about it. And um, people uh, with platforms are talking about it quite a lot. I'm not, I wouldn't say I've seen a lot about it in the news. I think they've, um, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's more kind of individual activist-led in terms of getting that out there. So are the media doing their job? Um, yes, I mean, if their job is just to report the news, if it's to raise awareness about issues like that, I don't, I don't think they're they're spearheading that side of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it has raised awareness. Um, I don't know if this is the best way to raise awareness. If we just give uh, World Cup rights to whoever we need to shine a spotlight on, you know, I don't. Yeah, I, don't know if uh, yeah. I, I feel like giving a country millions and millions of pounds and sort of um, mm. and David Beckham. Um, giving yeah. a whole country David Beckham. Um, it, I don't think that is the right way of, of, of sort of um, shining a light on the issues. Maybe we should just talk about mm. it in general. Maybe it doesn't need to be around a sporting event that they've paid off someone. Even if it's Seth Blatter saying, this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. That's a real, that is a bad idea. Like that should be a, that should be an, a wake up call to everyone on earth. If one of the most corrupt men on earth yeah. who was a big part of it's come back and gone I, I think his grounds are a bit weird though it was a bit like well they're just it's just too small a country i'm not sure how much human rights paid a um paid a part in in the um in his sort of response to that yeah i mean it is it is a very small country i didn't realize quite how somebody put it on a map over the uk and it kind of stretched over leeds huddersfield and burnley a little bit and i was just thinking or well, even in the uk where you know we're the arguably the biggest footballing nation in the world um arguably i'm sure people disagree um no we definitely it, are and if they do disagree <laughs> they're incorrect even in that little um in, in the bit of the uk that they'd imposed the uh the qatar over i couldn't name enough stadiums to maintain a world cup and you know we've, we're one of the we've got one of the biggest footballing cultures in the world so how qatar which doesn't have a footballing culture has ended up with this is entirely incorrect i also think that's very cowardly from set blatter to have been so involved with everything and then before the stadium 
starts, he's trying to wash his hands of it. Like I don't, I don't accept his, um, uh, I don't accept his sort of uh, resignation from from responsibility, which is what he seems to be doing and saying Qatar's a bad idea before it started because it was his idea. It's, I mean, I, I can't not bring up Hugo Lloris now, yeah. um, because we're talking about players who are role models to millions of people, particularly English players and uh, particularly English players, but also players that play in the Premier League. I mean, there are loads of Spurs fans and particularly um, Spurs has an amazing LGBT fan group. They've got a really Mm -hmm. solid, it must be a gut punch when your goalkeeper pretty much turns a blind eye and sort of follows that line of, um, it's you've got to respect their culture, which I have a real problem with mm-hmm. um, because I, I, it was, I was listening to the athletic um, podcast. I can't remember who it was, but someone said it's something really, really struck home with me that I am not a culture as mm-hmm. a gay man. I'm not a culture. I'm just a guy mm-hmm. who likes fucking men. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I hate being described as political. I hate all of that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I find that so frustrating. And it's funny because straight people don't when they're having sex. It's not political, is it? Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, political. Um, it's, it's only it's only our, our sex lives that's political. I find that really odd. Well, I don't know about you, but my sex life is very political. I, I we do role <laughs> play as as various ministers and uh, politicians over the years. Um, but yeah, it is weird. The cultural point is so weird because it's it's only ever um, like LGBT. Uh, like affection and self-expression and stuff like that that needs to be put a lid on or you know people need to be like well you know just disrespect their culture despite the fact that like islamic culture is also um against gambling against alcohol and yet alcohol and gambling is going to be some of the biggest sponsors out there and some of the kind of biggest um profit makers from events like the world cup and they're not being like oh well we should stop gambling and drinking because it's an islamic country because they don't care about the culture they just don't want to um come and hugo reese i think is being very cowardly he doesn't want to come down um in supporting lgbt rights um he that that's it he just doesn't want to doesn't want the fight he doesn't want the hassle obviously he's going to end up with more hassle because of the backlash about it um but he'd rather hedge his bets and say something pathetic like oh i just want to respect the culture so that he doesn't seem homophobic but also he doesn't have to support gay rights and you know i yeah i think it's i think it's cowardly i don't think it's a good excuse at all i wonder if he's sponsored by sort of a saudi arabian or qatari or middle eastern or, or a, a place where it's illegal to be gay sponsored by someone who works there particularly thailand mm. that's another country that people don't realize have quite hostile views on lgbtq plus yeah. people uh you know could i mean be he's coming to the end of the career he could end up in the middle east next goodness knows you know mls or middle east or the chinese super league is where people like him end up it's 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 a nightmare either way mm. I think the World Cup, I think it will be good. Not yeah. the World Cup, as in where it is, or anything mm-hmm. to do with Qatar or FIFA. But I am excited about the teams involved. I'm really excited mm. about Wales this year. I just, I'm yeah. so excited about a team of Wales, sort of talking of small countries. Wales are tiny. They are, mm. they are literally a thumbnail on of, of, a, of a country on, on a world. Mm. I, I just, it's so exciting to see. And also they just, I hate saying this, they have the best fans, don't they? There's something, they have a song. Mm. They have a proper full song that they all sing in Welsh. Mm-hmm. And they've got their own language that 
that they haven't forced on an empire to speak. Like, I really respect Wales. Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for us. I really feel for them that this is their World Cup. Um, and hopefully it's not their last. Um, but I, I hope I, it's very disappointing that this is um, their big World Cup that um, has been so overshadowed by other stuff because uh, otherwise, if it wasn't for Qatar, I think they would be the story of the tournament. Yeah, and you and you also you look at players like James Madison, their first call-up in three years, and mm-hmm. they're now playing in one of the biggest tournaments in well, the, the, it's the best, the biggest thing in their careers. These these mm-hmm. young footballers who are going out there in a country in a climate where it's so hot and so weird, and there's sort of the whole. It must be unusual. I mean, seeing a a player in a Welsh top on the side of a big Qatari building is yeah. just it's it's sort of just a sign of what this the, the unusual nature of this World Cup. You've got a massive picture of Gareth Bale on the side of a Qatari building. I, I, it just all strikes such a weird chord with me. Um, not because of Wales being there. It's just like small nation in the, the most amazing opportunity for a small nation. And it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of pinned on the backdrop of such a negative sort of um, decision that happened years ago. Where's the next one? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I was trying to think that the other day. I don't know. I, I used to be very good for the next sort of World Cups and Olympics um, I think the next Olympics is Paris, but um, other than that, I've lost I've lost all track of it. I don't know why. I need to get back on that. I used to be a very keen pub quizzer. Um, and those are all things that used to pop up all the time. But I need to get back into pub quizzing, as well as various other activities that I've let slip over the years. The world of being a stand-up comic, isn't it? Essentially, when mm-hmm. you're a stand-up comic, almost all of your life is on pause for seven years. That's what it felt yeah. like for me, anyway. Anyway, that's a different thing. But uh, yeah. uh, you, do, you do sort of the things that you you once enjoyed, you don't do as much of anymore. I'm rubbish at pub quizzes. I've only got like niche sport knowledge, niche music mm-hmm. mu- knowledge, and flags. That is literally all I've got. I don't know anything about actors. I don't know anything about films. I'm rubbish at general knowledge. Basically, don't have me in your pub quiz team, Andrew, or you'll be doing a lot of the heavy lifting if we did ever go on a pub. We should go for a pub quiz. I would quite. You know what? I I prefer to do the heavy lifting. I'm very arrogant, sort of selfish <laughs> pub quizzer. Um, not that I won't. Accept, you know, if someone's come up with the right answers, I'll I'll let them into the fray. But otherwise, I'm quite happy to sit there and do a solo pub quiz. I'll be there for morale. <laughs> I'll be there for morale and pints. That is the worst, the worst thing about a solo pub quiz is there's no one there to enjoy it when you get it right. You can't be like, "Hey, look, I got this right." I mean, who who could we have in our? I want a gay pub quiz team made out of comics. Mm-hmm. Who else should we involve, and what would they be good at? I mean, ideally, I'd get Paul Sinner involved, but that seems like oh god, yeah, that's a there. good point. That's a very yeah. good point. Talking of sport fans. Um, it was a good question. Are we talking is it a gay male pub quiz team or gay gay LGBT? LGBTQ plus members, uh, regardless of how they identify? Fantastic. Okay, that is yeah, that's an interesting team to build up. Um, who do you have anyone in mind? I I don't know. I feel like pop culture knowledge is something I need because I'm mm-hmm. rubbish at pop culture. And the the good thing about the LGBTQ plus community is that they're great at pop, pop culture. So I'd yeah. get Joe Sutherland in a mate uh, immediately. Joe Sutherland's a great Because star, yeah. he, one, is the loveliest man on earth and directed my stand-up show, which is soon to be released. And yeah. it's just his knowledge of pop culture. It was so useful building out material with him. But he's also yeah. just the loveliest man. I'd have him in. Yeah, that'd be lovely. I'd love, love Joe Sutherland along. Um, Catherine Bohart's a very keen. I was gonna say Bohart. She's very competitive. What's she good at? I can imagine history. I don't know why. She just seems like someone who would know about history. 
yeah, she's pretty good on her history. She's got quite good general knowledge as well. She's um yeah. Yeah, I think Catherine, you, me, Catherine, and Joe Sutherland, that would be a very strong uh, gay comedian's pub quiz team. Let's make it happen. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Andrew. Um, I am actually going to release this as a separate episode because it's been a longer conversation than I was anticipating, but it's <laughs> been really, really fun. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to release this as a separate um, episode. Um, and, oh, you'll have to come back on when we have some more sports um, to talk about. Um, I'm actually... Yes, um, it'll be It would be great. It would be great to have you back on. Um, but... Uh, until that until next time thank you for, until next um, time thank you for coming on